every week has a theme, guys, and round seven was exam week. There was nowhere for anyone to hide if you were a player in the top four or the top eight. And there was no point copying anyone else's work because everyone seems to have a different answer sheet. And like all good exams, you're leaving having no real idea how you went, how you're faring, and what your result will be at the end of the exam period. But a man who does know the answers to many of footballing questions and many of life questions in general, really, is uh, Big Bustling Baz, who joins us to break down all the footy action of the last two months. So, Baz, how you doing, mate? And uh, how's life treating you? Life's going all right. Can't complain. Still getting dubs in footy and uh, seniors doing well, everyone's doing well and life's pretty good. I'm pretty busy with work, but that's uh, how the mop flops sometimes. That's right. You'd rather the mop flop busy than the mop flop quiet. So <laughs> Exactly. Speaking of how the mock flops, let's break down straight away to the stock exchange. We're not talking Bitcoin. We're not call, not talking uh, fading stocks or trying to buy into a deli. We're just talking about football clubs here. One to sell, one to hold, one to buy. And Baz, who are you on a fire sell for? Who's let you down? I think I sell, did I sell Port two weeks ago? Because I reckon I'm going to start selling. You're going to sell them again? I just want to get all my shares gone at Port. To, after, after one loss? No, I didn't like how they went down to um, two weeks ago. And then obviously on the weekend again, um, oh, I, I was reckon they're, I was pretty excited about them early on, but I think they've, they've only got one sort of style and teams can figure them out or stop um, stop their run on. And there were a few injuries also that, you know, that they're not coming back to later in the season. I think, I think that maybe that's hurt him a bit more than with, oh, I'm, you know, brought up a couple of weeks ago about Dersman being a big out. I think he's actually hurt him. I reckon that they're, you know, they lost to Brisbane was pretty, pretty ordinary. But it was a way, you know, at Brisbane against another side competing for the top four. Like, is it that, um, is it that extraordinary that sides get beaten up I, by Brisbane I got, at home? I got, beat, I got beaten up by Brisbane. Brisbane yeah. beat them up. Brisbane don't beat up sides like that. That is very true. That is very true. I just, I, I just, I'm very cautious on port at the moment. I think, yeah, I just think we need to, I'm going to get, get rid of their stock while it's still probably a bit valuable and see how it goes. See, I'm holding on to my stock because I reckon we'll, we'll go back to the showdown this week. Obviously, they'll, they'll do an absolute number on the Crows. That's not really a, anything unusual or anything to write home about there. And then I think they'll have to, you know, it'll be a long time, I think, until their draw really comes back to anyone that's going to worth you know, seeing as a litmus test. So they'll just bank their wins. They'll be cruising around about fourth or fifth come round 18. And then, you know, that's when we have to make our assessment. I think for the time being, they're going to be a top six side. So worth hanging on to, in my opinion. My sell, however, and everyone's going to say I've I've jumped off the bandwagon. I never I was on this bandwagon, but this is not a fire sale. Last week was confirmation that that game style does not work when the pressure is ramped up and I'm selling the dogs, Baz. The dream is over. Six and one, absolutely, you know, great start to the season, but the game style doesn't work against sides that will bring pressure, against sides that will make them play one-on-one, against good sides that have no real weaknesses like a Richmond. So the dogs got found out and uh, they can complain and they can sook and they can get argy-bargy in press conferences when people start asking serious questions, but they have they have some work to do in my, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think it was before, uh, our last pod. So Port, Port lost the West Coast three or, three or four weeks ago. Sorry, not pretty ordinary then. But yeah, before our last pod, we mentioned that 38 one-on-ones that 
um, Western Bulldogs I had, and they lost all of them but eight or something like that. So, you know, Richmond went from, I think they made a big change after, might have been quarter time and half time, but they went man on man with them around the stoppages more and, and yeah, made it more of a one on one contest and it stopped that. That ball movement and something happened to the extras around the stoppage, so couldn't flick it forward as easily and flick it around with their handball. And the more pressure that came on, you know, they say kicking's hard to do under pressure or handballing is pretty hard as well. So, yeah, and Baker had a ripper game for Richmond, didn't he? Anyway, he did. I'm, I've never been on the doggies. I've never bought them. I've never done anything. I've never baited them. So they're up there with the Melbournes and St Kilda's, which might get into our next one anyway with the Ds. So who are you holding on to? Who are you not passing judgment on? Who gets a mulligan from the weekend? Uh, Melbourne. A hold on Melbourne. I'm starting to buy into it. Well, you can't have to. They're seven and zero. Still, I still haven't been convincing though, have they? It was a pretty convincing win against Richmond. Yeah, but Richmond in the first quarter had that game as can score, and I, I think now with a few injuries down back for for Melbourne, it might. Their key is their defence. They're that good down there. It's not funny. Like Lever, May, you know, Thomason. I know a couple of them are injured now. And you know, my wish finally happens as well. McDonald goes back. McDonald goes back. Um, but I just reckon they're so good defensively. They're hard to score against. So you need to come up with something a bit different. And I think Richmond did that in the first quarter, but just didn't put scoreboard pressure on. And it would have been interesting to see how Melbourne reacted. But it's going to be a very good game against Sydney on, on the weekend. Because I think... Sydney beat Richmond and they're pretty, they knocked off Geelong last week and they're in, in pretty good to touch. So they play a bit of a different style to most other teams, which will probably test Melbourne a little bit. But yeah, I'm holding on Melbourne because I, I just, I can't believe it, but I might almost be there to, by around 10 or 11, I might just have to actually believe that Melbourne are a good side for once. Well, this is the iteration. And again, seven and zero, they're making the top four. Like they could go 50% from now and still and still make the top four. And that's my biggest worry. That's why I'm saying on Port as well, because I don't think Port can now make the top four, which is a big, big hurdle. Because obviously, being from Adelaide, two chances in a home final would be unreal. Mm. Although it doesn't guarantee you anything as they found out last year. And so you're holding on Melbourne. So who are you buying up on bats? I'm just going to keep buying Richmond. Look, it's the boring thing to do, but it's the smart thing to do. And they proved yeah. it last week when everyone was like, they can't win without Dusty. They're being found out. Their system's broken, blah, 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 blah. And then Richard come out and they do exactly what they've been doing for the last three years. And they yeah, absolutely team. wipe the floor with a top four side. Yeah, the team I was thinking about would be Brisbane because Brisbane is starting to get, and they, they've got some injuries as well. Like they've got some really key outs, but they, um, you know, they, they're getting the job done and they've t- really turned their footy around. And like I said, they're a lot more contested, a lot stronger at the footy. And they beat up Portland, which we haven't like seen a lot from Brisbane. They're more, you know, your outside sort of running gun sort of team. They're not like the big, you know, inside sort of. And they did that on the weekend. They're pretty good. So if they can add that to their bar and become a lot more stronger around the footy and a bit more of a, a tackling and pressure side, I reckon they've figured it out with their four mix as well. They're going to be pretty dangerous, especially when they get you know a couple of blokes back uh, second half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And again, they, they've been a side that doesn't deal well with adversity. They got the crazy Royal last year with COVID, a lot of games at home, missed out on playing in a home grand final. This year they lose Lockie Neal and that would be normally, you know, game over, schedule us in for three losses. Instead, they bounce back, they get physical, they get angry. Maybe Fagan's Fanny's angry streak. Who knows? But uh, they're looking good. I'm buying into your, your mob, Baz. And by your mob, I mean the mob that beat you on the weekend. 
Gold Coast. I don't like what I was seeing here. I reckon they're turning a corner. I reckon they're turning a corner because old Gold Coast wouldn't have won that game. Regardless of how bad Collingwood is, and let's not forget, they are pretty bad at the moment. They did something that they would never usually do. That's win at the MCG. It's have their, it's have not just their jets turn up and, and, you know, have three or four really good players and then, you know, 18 passengers. They had 12, 13, 14 actually proper good performances, professional performances. So I think they're starting to become a side that is going to be, you know, on the cusp of the eight, maybe challenging for that last spot in the eight this year. And then hopefully taking a leap next year and pinching one and getting into play some finals. But I reckon Stewie Jews finally got them all on board. Do you agree, Bats? Oh, they won't go. They beat nobody. But they're under a bit of pressure the last couple of weeks, Gold Coast. So it's good to finally get them bouncing back. And my man, the great man, the god, Stuart Jew, uh, will eventually deliver that club a premiership, hopefully. A premiership's you know, a long way away. What, <laughs> what, you can come coach Collingwood and Bucks can go to Gold Coast. That would be an interesting uh, little sliding doors. Let's have a trade period for coaches. That would be excellent. That would be unreal. I don't think I don't think footy media could handle it though. They're not they're not mature enough to understand like why you would leave a club and you know just because you didn't work somewhere doesn't mean you can't work somewhere else. But you know, the good thing about oh, I know we're getting a bit off topic here, but the good thing about all this stuff going on at Collingwood at the moment is we've got got rid of our, our head recruiter. We're about to get rid of our all our assistants, which is I mean nothing against them. They're good assistants. They've been great coaches, but we've had the same. Mix for such a long time, and it's a bit stale, a bit bored. We need to we need to freshen up a bit. That might help Bucks out as well. You know, might have a bit of a leadership spill at boardroom level. We might actually fix up our club a bit now that Eddie's gone. And not that Eddie did anything wrong. Like he did a great job for so many years, got us out of the crap. But at least you know, if we get a new look, a new new fresh faces, we might be able to change things. We you know around, it might end up looking like a bit like a Richmond. So. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's the only thing I can, it's the only positive I can find at the moment about Collingwood. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the difference, you know, in the narrative is like everyone's like, oh, well, if that, that kick, the Dom Shed kick didn't happen, they have a premiership and everyone is happy and they're all, you know, it's a very different situation. And in reality, not really. Like the reality is players probably still move on, retire, get shifted out, regardless if they win or lose that premiership, because that's just how footy works. And then the decline would happen because that's the list you had. I don't think Trelaw stays because you want a premiership. Either wants the money or he doesn't, or do you have the space or you don't? And that's how the professionalism of footy works nowadays. So I think it's pretty naive to not see this coming as both footy fans, but also the Collingwood Football Club itself. Well, like people are saying the players are upset and that stuff with how you know Trelaw and Phillips and Stephenson have been treated and, and left. AFL football is still way behind on the whole professional sports sort of landscape. Because, like, if that happened in the NFL, like we, you know, we both follow NFL pretty heavily hmm. and baseball and um, probably have listeners that follow NBA and, you know, even rugby league. Like, players are signing for clubs 12 months out and still playing pretty good football for their current clubs and winning flags, some of them. So, I think if that's the case at Collingwood, then maybe, maybe we aren't ready for that sort of stuff yet either, really. Like, who knows? I, I know... You know, we've got free agency and stuff, but maybe they're not ready at hmm. certain clubs for that sort of business-like decisions that need to be, you know, move on. You're there to play footy, you're there to win games, no matter who leaves and who comes in. It's, you know, you need to buy into that. And maybe that's Bucks losing the group. Maybe that's our leadership group as well. Who knows? Maybe we've, 
you know, maybe made the wrong decision in keeping the go and letting Trelaw go, who knows? But I, I still believe long-term we've made the right decision in rid of those three players. What we got back for them in return and the fact we're still paying for some of their cap, uh, so some of their contract is disgusting. But I believe long-term I reckon we've done all right by getting rid of them. And what we got in this draft were pretty handy. Next draft, we'll get Nick Dacos and hopefully one or two others. Who knows? And we might be able to start nailing a couple of drafts. And it can turn around very quickly, as we've seen with Port and Sydney. So, you know, I'm glass half full sort of guy. So There you go. Zen Baz is back. And, you know, once you see enough losses and once, you know, 15th on the ladder, it doesn't matter. Okay. This is our season now. Let's look forward to uh, 2022. Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly... You will be winners. But before we do that, Baz, I've got a question speaking of that. And it's a coach's corner question about how many eyes do you have in the future? So Richmond versus Bulldogs on the weekend, just gone. It was a game between two top, potentially top four sides come the end of the year. How much do you burn? How much do you show? If, if either side was really trailing, do you pull out your magic card trick? to get out of the situation and claim the four points or do you save it for next time? And similarly, coming into the weekend now, Richmond-Geelong, they've played each other a lot. If you had something up your sleeve, do you keep it up your sleeve or do you try and bank the four points? What's more important in round eight of a football season? Well, it's round eight. So finals and that sort of stuff's a long way away. So you just want to win, get the four points. So you're not keeping anything up your sleeve? No, that's, I reckon that's... Well, I wouldn't. I reckon that's bull crap because you want to have... You want to have players in their defined roles. You want to have your system sorted. You want to be, you know, you don't want to obviously be at 120% right now. You don't want to be peaking around that. Yeah. You still want to be you know, 90, 95% where you can still win games and beat teams around you or better than you. You know, if you have a little little change of philosophy or a little tactical change or a little positional change, see what happens. But, you know, Week in, week out, you make little changes with players, whether they're forward or back or midfield and that, and it might help you win a game. It might, you know, it might ch- turn the tide of the midfield battle or whatever, but you're going to do that each week until you try and win the game. I know it's a bit um, cliche, but the old one week at a time is very, very important. I do like to bring up, like I do like to speak about, you know, the fact that we're, we're a finals team. I do, I do encourage that kind of talk. I do encourage that. Um, you know, we should be playing finals, we should be winning the flag. I do like talking about that because I think you should be having, you should always, always have a long-term focus, long-term goal. But, um, and if you're good enough, you should be embracing that you're good enough. But you still want to be, this week, just, we're taking this team on, win, celebrate, move on to the next week sort of thing. Yeah. And just yeah, follow a process. Don't, um, don't always go to the end objective. Make sure you follow that process week by week. Because if you, yeah. You can lose sight of things pretty quickly if you just think that I'm not playing this bike here because I'm going to save the finals. Well, that could cost you two or three games, and that means you might finish sixth or seventh instead of second or third. So, so we should look forward to a very enthralling, fully-fledged, 100% for both sides between Richmond and Geelong on Friday night. And that brings us to our Round 8 preview, Baz, and that game should be an absolute rip snorter. Friday night, Richmond $1.57 favourites because, of course, it's at the MCG. Geelong $2.41 outsiders. The line here, eight points. The over-under, a very low, 153 and Baz. Can Geelong bounce back from what was indeed an embarrassing loss against the Swans? Yeah, I heard the, all the commentators say that Geelong were back after they won two weeks ago down at Geelong. 
And then they, they were talking about, even though they lost on Saturday, I, I still reckon they're cooked. Fully cooked. I, I still don't reckon they're any good. They dominated that game against Sydney on everything except the scoreboard, which sounds stupid because, you know, that's the only thing that matters. But I've never seen I've never seen a team do everything but win like that before. It happens, mate, and it could hurt them because I, I still reckon they, like, they've changed their game style a bit. They are a bit more attacking. They're taking the game on a bit more through the corridor. They overlap running a lot more. They handball receded up a lot more than what they used to be. They're not that slow kick mark team that we've seen over the last few years. Obviously, the game's changed a bit and they've adapted with it. But I still don't reckon they've got the leg speed, the talent in that team to do that. Even though Jeremy Cameron's now on that side, they had something different from up forward. And they played Narkle, which is good. They played a few kids that you know have that leg speed and that little bit of flair instead of a few of the older blokes that you know probably don't. And I think it added a bit to, to their side, but I still reckon they're, I don't reckon they're a top four team. I reckon they're five, six, even six to 10. I reckon they're not that. They play enough games at Cadinia to win and probably, you know, finish top six, maybe sneak into a top four, but I don't reckon they are a top four side and I don't reckon they're that good either. And I reckon Richmond will flog them. Like, Richmond will win comfortably five or six goals and it'll be on early because, you know, Geelong will be wanting to pay back because even though they don't, Coach Asar doesn't mean anything. They will bring it up. But I reckon, yeah, Richmond will be too good. I reckon it's going to start getting a roll a bit here, Richmond. Hmm. It's about time of the year where they start getting on the roll and before they have their proper mid-season wobble. But also I think game style-wise, they it plays into Richmond's hands. Richmond doesn't want the football all the time. They just want to get it from their back line to their inside 50 as fast as possible with the least number of people touching it. And Geelong wants to hold the footy in their back line until they're ready to go down the line, go slow. They have been going a little bit faster recently, but their game style traditionally is hold the ball, work our way methodically up the field, look for a nice inside 50. And it and it well, hasn't worked this year. Like they're disgusting for their efficiency inside 50. They're having their goal kicking this year is not great because they're not having fa- fantastic looks at goal. And up until when Gary Cameron came back, they didn't really have that many options up forward because Tomahawk by himself has never been super successful because he's, 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 a, he's a different style of forward than what we're used to now in the modern game. So it all leans to, to Richmond, including the history. So Richmond's won the last six of the last seven games against these sides by an average of 25 points. So the classic four-goal win to Richmond, you know, take the gap and then just hold it to the finish line. So With Lynch and, and Rewalt probably last week, aren't, aren't, there's not many teams apart from probably Melbourne, who can go with those two. So, and Baker and, and Bolton's a gun. That's it. If Collingwood can somehow, you know, I think he's a free agent. Collingwood, open that checkbook up. Uh, <laughs> got left. Try and get him. He is, he is exactly what we need at our club right now. A, a pressure forward who does mercurial things. And that's why our four line very much the same same at Collingwood, but he's the sort of X-factor player that every club would love to have. The last thing to put the nail on the coffin of uh, Geelong's hopes on Friday night is that they're averaging 62 points at the MCG in their last six games and 62 points won't beat, won't beat Richmond. It won't beat most sides, to be honest. Second game, Baz, is Gold Coast and St Kilda. 1.45 on Saturday down at Metricon Stadium. Gold Coast are $1.79 favourites. St Kilda, $2.07 outsiders. The line here is a slender two points. The over-under, a healthy 162. Do we trust either of these sides to to continue their form, Bats? 
Nah, nah. I'm pretty glad I'm coaching footy around in it this time on Saturday. Did you say it's Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, um, yeah. There's a few rough games coming up on Saturday, Arvo. You don't reckon um, this you reckon this is a rough game? I reckon this this is like the second best game of the round. I could be excited to watch, but neither of these two teams are going to be contending. So do you, do you reckon the Saints are back after what they did last week? No, not at all. I don't trust the Saints at all. The Saints, Carlton and Essendon are all the same club. They look great. Like watching watching those teams train would be amazing. No defenders, doing some drills, crisscrosses, figure eights, whatever you do when you're kicking the footy around. They'd be clean. They'd be fast. They'd be cutting through. That'd be amazing. Put a, put a human being in front of that. They don't know what to do. Tell them to get the ball off another human being. They don't know what to do. Tell them to fill space that doesn't allow them to get the football themselves. They don't know what to do. All three of those teams have no idea what defense is. And I know it's, you know, the new modern game is all about attack and, you know, highlights and, and, you know, bloody different rules. So increase scoring. So, you know, let's all watch the Essendon and Carlton games because there's 300 points scored or whatever, but they're all crap sides. I was going to be a pretty open game. Both teams are going to score. I think Secure are a better team and they should they should probably win. Like they are better than Gold Coast. It is up at Metricon. Uh, you know, Gold Coast, you know, while they won last week, we did dominate parts of the game and had lots of inside 50s. Probably should have, maybe if we could score, put more score with pressure on. If St Kilda do that, they will score. They're, they're good enough to score. So I'm going to tip St Kilda just to be too good up there. Too strong, too much bigger bodies. And uh, yeah, I was going to get the job done. The only thing that could, if, if Gold Coast do turn into sort of a congested sort of a game, they do have the better inside mids and they then do spread pretty well from the stoppage. And then obviously very dangerous up forward as well. But I'm backing in the smalls of St Kilda. If they get enough supply, enough pressure put on, frontal pressure and forward pressure and holding in long enough, they should be able to score too comfortably for the Gold Coast. Fair enough. I'm back in the Gold Coast to be like, we are tougher than these blokes and then win that source footy. And it's, that's probably their, that's their peak stat. So they get a clearance from 80% of the times that they get first use of the football around stoppages around the ground. Just hands on. Just get the hands on the footy first, 80% win rate. That's elite. That's because Hugh Greenwood is an absolute beast. He is an absolute beast. And that's not going to help St Kilda. St Kilda doesn't like that style of footy. They might bring pressure, but it's pressure because they're not in the right position to defend. They don't know how to defend zones properly at the moment. It doesn't work for them. So I'm backing in the Suns to be more dedicated, more disciplined and harder at it. Will it be the best game ever? Absolutely not. But we'll be close and Stu G's magic will work on these kids and be another W for the boys up north. Now, speaking of games that don't mean much towards the end of the year, Baz, it's still game of the round because everyone's just wondering... If it does happen, what happens next? So North Melbourne are $3.36 outsiders against Collingwood $1.33 favourites. They're playing at the 4.20, blazing if you got them, time slot at Marvel Stadium and Baz. Surely, surely Collingwood play for bucks for this one. I'm coaching from 4.45, uh, but I'll be obviously, again, so it's 4.45, but I'll be in the rooms from about probably 3-ish, to 3.30-ish. Yeah. So... Um, I won't see a second of this, thankfully, because I'm actually, I'm actually, all the crap I give North over over the last few years, 
It's going to come back and bite me in the ass on Sunday because I have a feeling we're going to get rolled because our midfield's no good. Our back line's holding us up. And that's probably the only thing that will help us out in the weekend is our back line should hold up. Darcy Moore's going to go back. Um, it's already been mentioned. You know, I don't know how many other winners we have on the ground, to be honest. It's going to be interesting to see our side. I know the side's not coming out to Saturday morning. I don't know if they're going to play another debutante or get Henry in. I know Henry and uh, McGinn's were very, very good for us. And so was the Bear. So uh, in the in the VFL last week, um, yeah, <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm a bit of, I wouldn't be surprised. Like the only positive out of last week was like Nathan Murphy and that, that sort of stuff. But like, you know, we're playing bikes like McKeary and, but who, you know, they, they give their all and they have a great up crack. But I have felt footballers, you know, he's 20, he's been in the system for a bit, probably not. Um, and, you know, North Midfield's still pretty handy. They had, they, you know, Zebra played down back last week and did a good job. They were pretty, you know, defined against Melbourne and until probably the last quarter. And, um, yeah, look, they've been okay the last few weeks, North. They've been pretty good the last three weeks. So I wouldn't write them off and, I think I'm tip. I think I've tipped North actually. So um, there you go. I accuse you of it every week, but that's an absolute Moz tip. We're saying that North Melbourne is playing well in the last three weeks because we're comparing North to their absolute worst, not to a side that's actually of of standard for the grade. That's like saying a horse that finishes, you know, third last, fourth last. In fact, you had a horse like that for a while there. You go, oh, it was an okay run, you know, like if he goes down a grade and he, if he goes to a track that he likes, if it wasn't too windy, oh, you know, he might be a shot. No, the horse is no good. North are no good. And they won't win this. They just won't. They just can't. The football world will implode if it happens. I know, and Kyle will be at the centre of it and everyone will love it. But all, all, all I'll be caring about that at that point in time is, the old Brighton boys getting the dubs. So, um, yeah. Current form lines, just to reinforce this to people, is that North have lost 20 straight games when they're the underdogs in terms of the betting odds. 20 straight. This, well, this horse has that. stopped getting starts. I'm, I'm tipping North. You'll see it come through later. All right. There we go. I'm tipping the pies. Have faith. Play for bucks. That wasn't an upset alert, Baz, but these ones are, and I'm being a bit cheeky with this one because I still don't trust the Giants. So 2-10 Saturday, the Giants are $1.38 favourites against Eston, $3 outsiders. The line here is three goals. They're playing at Judden Stadium. I don't trust Essendon, but if you let them play the way they want to play, they will score a lot of points against you, as they have done all year. They, they, they're up in like the top you know, four or five scoring teams in the comp. It's just the fact that they just don't like to defend at all. That means they don't win that many games. But if the Giants go into it like they did in the first three rounds of the season, this is game on for the Bombers. Yeah, I don't see that. I mean, I Giants are just, just turning around a bit, playing some, uh, some kids that are playing some good footy. The senior players are playing good footy. And I, I, Toby Green's been a massive... I was talking about this morning on radio that... Um, sometimes you might pick the wrong captain based on what you think is right because he's a good player, blah, 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 like with Coniglio. Um, but the turnaround in the way that Joe West uh, have gone about it since Toby Green's been skipper, um, I reckon says a lot. I know Leon Cameron's been on the pump a bit as well, but I reckon, I reckon Toby Green's have been one of the massive turning like, reasons why they've turned it around a bit. They won't allow... They've, and they've also become a, a lot harder team to 
they've stopped teams. They've been defending very, very well. So they've stopped teams from playing that quick sort of footy. And I know Essendon want to do that, and they would know Essendon want to do that. But if they can stop that, which I think they will, they'll, they'll be able to put clamps on that. They'll score pretty heavily, I reckon, against Essendon because we saw, we've seen the last few weeks, actually, uh, Carlton and Collingwood, even though they beat Collingwood, Collingwood still going inside 50. They just, pretty much every time they went in there, it was a score. So they're very easy to score against Essendon at the moment. Well, yeah, they got some dangerous forwards. Essendon and a couple, they picked up a couple of knocks, a couple of injuries. I just think that Giants are just traveling very, very nicely, very, very quiet. They might be in the buy section next week if they get the job done in, which I'm pretty confident they will. Yeah. And their recent form suggests that. So, as much as I say that the you know, first three rounds is pretty dire, they're now ranked fifth in the competition for points against. They're only uh, allowing 60 odd points a game. So, that's up there with the likes of the Richmonds of the world. So, very much well done them. Quick question about Toby Green then is that what makes a good captain? Because he's not the standout, the obvious pick from the outsider world, because he's not polished. He's a bit rough around the edges. He's had his fair share of uh, questionable acts on the field. But how do you know? Other than most clubs would say you just vote them in, like the players vote them in. I think all, from all, I, I mean, I don't know I'm there, but from all reports, everyone loves him. Like all the players love him, respect him. And he, I reckon he, like, you got to have that respect. you got to know that every player has your back and you have theirs. So, like, they, they know that if something goes wrong, he'll go on the bat for them and that sort of stuff. They have, and that, so they want to almost play for him a bit. So when he says something, they're like, uh, he says jump, they say how high, that kind of thing. I mean, he, he's not doing it all himself. There's a leadership group there and there's obviously coaching staff and that. But I reckon he's like, oh, no, I've had enough of this crap, boys. Like, we're better than this. Do we want to go through the years doing this crap or do we want to lift our game? And, and you know, and they've, like I said, they've changed their game style a bit. They've become a bit more dogged, a lot more con- almost contested footy. We saw that against Collingwood when they had that first win. They just slowed the game down. They uncontested marks, took, kept the ball off Collingwood for a bit, made it a real slog. And they've done that the last few weeks. And then on the weekend against Adelaide, they'll just be able to burn them. So, um, you know, if they can change those gears and get that and getting some quality players back, so obviously Whitfield's back now and stuff like that, 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 that helps massively. So I suppose the only other thing that now can ruin it is, is Josh Kelly's contract. But, you know, that's a problem for later on in the year when, you know, they're pressing for a top four spot, according to you, Baz. So let's uh, let's see what happens there. But I think the Giants are the tip there, but they better show up. That's that's all I'll say. So if Jesse Hogan goes back to what he was at Melbourne early in his career as well, <laughs> that's a massive in for that forward line. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it easily replaces Cameron. They, they have little, found their solution for their Cameron-sized hole. And Hill is a little gun. He's going to be one of the most exciting players, like a Liam Ryan sort of player in another year or two. I reckon a bit more development, a bit more game experience. He's going to be pretty pretty scary. He, actually, I reckon he's a bit more of a Charlie Cameron's type. But yeah, he's going to be pretty exciting to watch. Speaking of exciting bears, this game, clear schedules because it could all happen in this game. 7.25 Saturday night, Melbourne undefeated, 7-0 Melbourne or $1.31 favourites against Sydney, $3.48 outsiders. Big outsiders in my opinion. Four goals the margin at 160 points is the over-under here, Baz. Everyone wants to know the answer. Can the Swans do it? Can they put an end to the undefeated season? They've won none of their last 10 games against Melbourne. And in the last five games of the MCG, they've won four, all as underdogs. 
They got a 22-point head start. Go the Swannies. Go Buds. Buds in the kick 10. Can they do it? I'm, I'm, I'm tipping Sydney. So you're holding on Melbourne. You rate Melbourne. You want to buy into Melbourne, but you're going to tip Sydney. Are these hate goggle? Is this a hate goggle pick? Yeah, definitely. You know, you know my hatred for Melbourne. But they are, and that's fine. And they have been relatively good for the last couple of seasons. They just thought they're better than what they actually are. And now they're finally caught up. Like how good they actually are and how good they think they are are now uh, leveling out at the appropriate levels. I couldn't touch St Kilda. They proved me right. I'm sure Melbourne will prove me right eventually. But then how does Sydney do it? What's the chink? Because no one's better find any chink in Melbourne this year so far. If they can possess the ball and play that grid style that they do, and move the ball quickly enough, create one-on-ones for the ball, not let um, May drop back and intercept Mark and I think Lee was still injured, so he might not be playing. Um, and obviously McDonald's gone back, so they lose Tomlinson. I think I just reckon if they can move the ball like they did against Richmond, create enough one-on-ones forward without letting Melbourne get the out number and not letting Gorn drop back in that hole, then they will definitely... Um, be able to score enough and put enough pressure, scoreboard pressure on Melbourne. Hickey will be massive in the ruck because obviously you've got Jackson and Gorn. Jackson was unbelievable last week. Gorn was a bit down, a bit dour, um, but he still played a role. You know, he sits behind the ball. So Gorn always sits behind the ball. Jackson play, goes and rucks pretty much. That's where the Sydney will be able to work around that, which I think from what I saw them do against Richmond, if they play like that against Melbourne, I reckon they're, they're going to be with a very, very good shout. 20, the 22-point line here is very tasty. Hit hit that. Have confidence to hit that. This will be a very close game. I don't know if Sydney's style will defeat Melbourne's style because Sydney are reliant on rebound scores, basically. They want to start in the back half and work their way forward as quickly as possible. And to be able to do that quickly enough to defeat this very well-drilled back line that Melbourne has is going to prove very, very difficult, considering that, like, Melbourne don't let marks inside 50 happen. They have like the lowest goal percentage against inside 50s of anyone in the comp. Like they are by far and away the best back six, back eight in the competition. And so, you know, we got Buddy coming back, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to, you know, freak out the Melbourne defence. Yes, Tomlinson's going down. And so, you know, McDonald has to go back. That's all Australian, Tom McDonald. So not exactly the world's worst issue to have. So... As much as we all want Sydney to do this, and we all want Sydney to do this, I think 22 is the play and not the uh, $3 win. Uh, go Sydney. Go Swings. And my last upset game, Baz, is on Sunday at 1.10, and it's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde game. So Hawthorne are $2.58 outsiders. West Coast, $1.51 favourites. The line here is two goals. The over-under is 170 points. High-scoring game alert at the MCG, Baz. Simple question, which West Coast turns up? Well, it won't be the West Coast that's um, been playing at Perth Stadium, that's for sure. And now they're kind of bubbling again, aren't they? Aren't they going away for two or three weeks? So that they might be sooky, they might be a bit sooks this week and their P-Hearts might be, you know, in back in Melbourne, not in Perth. You've got to tip West Coast just because Hawthorne are ordinary. You do, you do. But West right. Coast can lose to ordinary teams. Yeah, I would not be tipping or punting on this game because you just don't know which West Coast you get. And that's the problem with West Coast. And that's why you can't trust them. You can trust them at Perth Stadium, no worries. But even yeah. then, like, 
that was it. There was a goal in it until about the 10-minute mark of the third quarter. Then West Coast just went bam and bang, sorry. And Ferrero, what, just link for it. Legit, I think Freo went home and started quarantining for their trip to Sydney or Brisbane. So, yeah, a part of me believes that Hawthorne might get up here, but they were woeful last week and they weren't much better the week before. So, yeah, I'm tipping West Coast, but this is a don't ever punt on this game ever. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of bad stats in this game. And so Hawthorne aren't good. We already know that. Like they're ranked second last for inside of 50s. They play this because they know that, like they know where they're at. Clarkhead knows where they're at, so they play this very conservative game of like style of football. They try not to make too many mistakes. They try to stay in games, which works unless the other opposition is elite. And if West Coast turn up, they are elite. But you know, it's will they turn up? Their pressure factor, West Coast, is the lowest in the competition. This will not. This will be bruise as bruise free as bruise free football gets. So a tip against West Coast is just saying. They won't turn up. It's not really a tip for Hawthorne. It's West Coast's game to lose. And so, as you said, you kind of have to tip the Eagles as much as you're not going to really like it or want to watch it. Speaking of not wanting to watch it, Baz, the showdown will be no good. Dark Port roared me last week and they will want to bounce back and bounce back hard. Sloan's back for Adelaide, apparently. So that's a big in for them. He's a big uh, morale sort of boost. And he's a good player and he sorts them out as well. A bit of on-field coach. But, yeah, Port will just win this. I think the line's a bit unfair on Adelaide, but Port will definitely be winning this. Five goals is not unfair on Adelaide. You can't you can't be dumping your stocks on Port Adelaide that, that quickly. They, Port Adelaide are easily a five-goal better side than Adelaide. Mm, yeah, but Adelaide have been all right this year. I know it's only early and they're young and lots of stuff. They haven't played much, but they've been at least having a red-hot crack, except for last week, obviously. That's what I mean. Is it, it, the, the decline has already come. We know the decline comes to the young kids. Sydney had their little blip. Adelaide's still in their blip. It's becoming a slump now. And it could be, you know, they've, they could do a Gold Coast here and bank their three wins, four wins at the start of the season and then be terrible for the rest of the year. No, oh, we said banked a couple of wins. Collingwood's only got one. You start comparing teams to other better than Collingwood, then there'll be a lot of good teams in the uh, in the AFL this year. But uh, there's yes. Not, there's not. We're on par with <laughs> Adelaide, I reckon. So the line here is 30 and a half, Baz. Do they cover Port Adelaide? I wouldn't be touching that. I'll be touching the unders and overs. If it's good good weather, the 160-odd points is uh, well and truly unders. It should be over that. 3.20 on Sunday, Baz. Another primetime game is the Western Bulldogs versus Carlton. The Bulldogs are $1.32 favourites. Carlton, $3.41 outsiders. Everyone is cock-a-hoot about Carlton at the moment because they because they beat Essendon on the weekend. They won a game of football, Baz. They won a game of professional football and now they are fixed. And you know, you, know, what happened? Um, you know what happened on Monday when they lose this game to Western Bulldogs? They will be broken again. Yeah, they will ring and talk back. Did um, did I see right the T said he wants to go head-to-head with the doggies? He wants to go head-to-head, mate. He wants. He reckons that their best footy can take on any team in the AFL. Well, I'll tell you right now, Teague, if you do that on whenever the game is, at fifth, 7 o'clock Monday, Arvo, Monday night, whenever it is, I don't know, you're going to get flogged, mate. So they're going to get flogged regardless. Well, that just makes it even more of a flogging. If he reckons he can go head to head with the doggies in that in their sort of games, <laughs> no, that, yeah, yeah. Let's play devil's advocate here, though, Baz. Doggies' yeah. biggest weakness: one-on-one defense. Carlton's yeah. biggest strength: Harry Mackay. Yeah, but one bloke isn't winning the game, and B, to win one-on-one football, you still have to have more blokes that are better than their blokes at one-on-one. 
Yeah, you don't think that's going to be the case? Carlton probably win two of those positions, three of those positions in a one-on-one. And and to play one-on-one football at either end of the field, you need to win the ball in the middle. And the doggies have six million midfielders who are all going to make it all Australian. So, and Carlton have two, maybe one. One, Sam Walsh. It's an obvious doggies pick, but it's just hilarious that Carlton's fixed and they'll be broken again. And it's just going to, it's, I could already write the headline now. That's how obvious it will be. And uh, speaking of it, it's the last game of the round, Baz, is the Lions versus Fremantle. The Lions are $1.19 favourites, and they're playing at home. And Fremantle are $4.70 outsiders, another 30-point line. And uh, will the Lions be hungry, brash, angry, and beat up on the on the Dockers, or will they Lions fall back win. into their old ways? No, they should win. Should win this. I expect Dockers to be better than they were last week. Uh, but they're going into like a hub style as well. Um, I believe they're going to Brisbane, then down to the Gold Coast for a few weeks. But given what's happening in Sydney at the moment, who knows? But yeah, uh, I'm definitely tipping Brisbane and they'll win quite comfortably, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The Dockers, as much as they were my smoky, they've been a bit shaky of late and they disappointed me a lot. And I don't think they have a top eight position in them this year. And so my middle team loyalty has shifted now to Gold Coast. So I'm off Frio. I'm off Purple Haze. No more Purple Drink. My best bet this week is after hearing the Port Adelaide Adelaide over 163.5, eighty uh, that's my best bet for the weekend. I'm putting 80 units on that. And my 20 units is going on a little four-legged multi all over. So Brisbane Fremantle over 161.5. Doggies Carlton over 175.5. Port Adelaide, Adelaide over 163.5. And Richmond Geelong over 153.5. 20 bucks on that at about $12.50. Thank you very much. That's that's a delicious way to do some, do some gambling, the safe bet and then the fun bet. I like that. Might even just pinch your style there as I quickly uh, pad here for time so I can find my quarter-by-quarter quarter action. You've talked me into it, Baz. So my safe bet is uh, Western Bulldogs to lead quarter time against Carlton by more than five points and Western Bulldogs to win the game. It's paying $2.10. The Doggies are yet to lose the first quarter and they will not lose to Carlton. Uh, and I'm going to go the roughy. So eight, 80 units on that one, not 80, not as big as a high roller as you are, and uh, two units on Sydney to beat the Ds. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. I like him at the line. I've got belief. Sydney to win a tough one at the G, as they always do as underdogs. Four out of five, 80% chance, 20% stake. Let's go. Bloods of the way. Up the Swannies. With that blood mentality, Baz, we'll bring it into the podcast. So uh, if you enjoyed it, check us a like on your listening device or domain. And if you want to get in contact with us, it's at W-O-T-S pod, what are the odds pod on Twitter, on Facebook, or uh, you can find us all on Instagram where Baz will be uh, showing off his thirst traps. You can, um, yeah, check out my beard. Let me know what you think. And um, yeah, how about it? Do I can tell any good or not? Let me know. <laughs> It's getting getting bushy, the beard, getting bushy, getting moisturised, getting conditioned. It's uh, manscaping at its finest.
Absolutely. Hashtag Manscaped, get on board and uh, we'll look forward to them sponsoring the pod in no time. <laughs>